Hey, it's Kirsten. Do you feel like you're spending way too much money on supplements? When I started out on my health journey, I was also shocked about how expensive high quality supplements were, especially as I was upping how many I was taking. That's why when I became a practitioner back in 2018, I started offering my clients a way to save up to 25% off many of their supplements through a company called Wellevate, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E. Through Wellevate, you can order many of the supplements that you're already taking, like Pure Encapsulations, Gaia Herbs, Enzymetica, and others at discounts of up to 25% off retail. And shipping is free for orders over $49 within the United States. The only way to buy supplements through Wellevate is through a practitioner, and I will earn a small commission at no additional cost to you while you're saving money. So if you want to start saving upwards of 25% off your supplement bill, go to the resources page on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash resources and go to the Wellevate section. You don't have to be a client, just set up your account and start saving. I'm Kirsten Ramstrom, a certified holistic health coach, and welcome to the Quest for Healing podcast. Whether you're just starting out on your health journey or you're farther down your path, I've created this podcast to inspire and inform your health journey through first, some extraordinary healing stories from real people, second, an exploration of some intriguing healing modalities, and third, through conversations with enterprising people who are making a difference in the health of our world. Welcome to episode 65. My guest this week is Danielle Doubtfire, whom you may know from her Instagram handle, Lemon Balm Love. She suffered with fainting spells and crippling anxiety for decades. And we talk about her journey, the importance of protecting your adrenals, and how she found the motivation to not give up when she wasn't seeing results. Before we go to the episode, if you're just getting started on your health journey, check out my free quick start guide, called Five Easy Steps to Get You Started on Your Health Journey. This will give you an easy roadmap for getting started. And the goal of this is to help you focus on what matters up front while removing the overwhelm of trying to read a bunch of books before you get going. You can find it at podcast.carefullyhealing.com forward slash getting started. And I'll also put a link in the show notes as well. And with that, let's go straight into the episode. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I so appreciate it. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Kirsten. I'm so excited to be here. I also love modern technology that you're in Australia and I'm here in the US and we can sit and have this wonderful conversation. It's so beautiful. Isn't it wonderful? Yes. So I wanted to dive into your health journey, which is so fascinating. And it's a little different from a lot of the ones that I've heard from other people because of the fact that you were having fainting spells. But before Mm. we dig right into that, what I wanted to have you do is just Go back and start with where your health journey really started. Well, right from birth, actually, Kirsten. So I was born six weeks prem and I had jaundice. So as Anthony teaches us that jaundice means we come into this world with really toxic livers. So I was on the back foot right from the start. Not long after I was born, then I also got pneumonia. So it was a great start to the world. (laughs) How old were you when you got pneumonia? 18 months. Okay. So you were still really young. Yeah. I even have memories of being left in the cot in the hospital, just parents leaving and I'm crying. So it was a pretty traumatic event for me. I bet. Uh, Yeah. I think that was my first memory that I can recall. And then how did things progress from there? So basically 
my health wise, yeah, even as a child, like I first started fainting as a child. I remember being in primary school, we were standing out at assembly and uh, like out on the tarmac and bang, down I went. First time I remember. Then, you know, school concerts, anything like that. Did, did you feel anything before that happened? Or was there no warning? Did you just pass right out? It's just like you feel this sensation of blackness and darkness coming over you and then like that. Wow. That must yeah. have been really scary as a kid. Yeah, it was. It was very scary and embarrassing too because, you know, like all this attention on you and you're like, oh, what just happened and why are all these people around me? And <laughs> Yeah. And how did your parents react to that? What happened after that? Um, you know, they'd you know take me to doctor just to check that nothing was obviously wrong with me. But you know, it was eventually just put down to the fact that oh, it's just something that happens. And they couldn't explain why. Wow, that was a theme throughout my life that doctors couldn't explain to me why these things were happening. Wow. And so, how did that progress? So basically, it was yeah, the fainting continued throughout my adolescence, throughout teenage years. How often was that happening? Probably every two to three months. Okay. Something like that. It got more frequent as I got older as well. Also, as a teenager, I got migraines as well, particularly in our, we call year 12 here when we had big exams and that sort of thing. Yeah, got really bad migraines during that year as well. So dealing with the fainting, dealing with the migraines. It was fun. (laughs) I'm sure. And the doctors were saying? Uh, Yeah, they just didn't have answers for me, Kirsten. They just, you know, I went, I guess more so later in life, I went and saw neurologists and the gastroenterologists and, you know, all the ologists. And each, each one would say, Oh, yeah. Like, for example, the gastroenterologist say, Oh, it's all your gut. We'll work on your gut. We'll do it. You know, it's all that. I've got the answers. No, they didn't have the answers. Go the neurologist. They'd say, Oh, yeah, it must be something, you know, in your brain. We'll get you sorted out. No, couldn't get me sorted out. So that was the theme continuously for all the specialists that I saw. Wow. And how did that impact your life? At first, it wasn't too bad. Like, I just, Learn to cope, learn to live with it. But as as it progressed and got seriously worse, particularly after my second child was born, a whole lot of other new symptoms came in. And whenever I fainted, I would always have vomiting straight afterwards and be violently ill. And the only way to get out of it was basically to sleep it off. I had that. And then more symptoms started coming in. And so I'd feel the trembling um, shaking beforehand that's probably when like the panic attacks and things started coming in for me uncontrollable shaking my heart would race all those sort of symptoms would come on and so yeah after seeing all of those specialists they basically put it down to you've got anxiety that was the diagnosis that I was given that it was anxiety and at this point were you able to drive at this point yeah even when it got to the point where every single morning I was having panic attacks, anxiety attacks, fainting episodes, every day my life started with this sort of thing. I would just push myself one step, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. I had two little girls. I had to work. I had no choice. 
I had just had to. Mm-hmm. So I got really good at just pretending I wasn't sick. So I was talking to some work colleagues the other day and they said to me, because I, I, you know, let them know I've recovered from anxiety and I've got it. And they were like, I had no idea, Daniel. I had no clue that you were even ever, ever sick at all. And it's just because I hit it. I just, you know, pretended I was fine. And that was how I coped with it. Wow. And so when it was at its worst, how was this really affecting your life? Yeah. So basically, to give you a picture of what my morning would look like, so even before I consciously woke up in the morning, so even before like you're fully awake, my symptoms would start kicking in. I'd start to feel racing heartbeat. My thoughts would start racing. My breathing would start going funny. Even before like I was fully awake, then um, once I woke up, it would be like, oh, here we go again. And just to simply get myself out of bed, go have a shower, do what I had to do, it was like a mammoth task. I just, you know, just to stop myself thinking like I'm going to faint, you know, it was all mine. Like I was trying to tell myself constantly self-talk. You can do this. You can do this. You know, just one step. You know, all you got to do is get out of bed. That's your first step. Next step, then you go have your shower. And that's basically how, you know, I live my life. Just do one task, next task, next task. And at that point, were you fainting every day? Thankfully, the fainting wasn't every day, but I would feel like I was going to faint every day. Wow. So when this was going on, tell us what age you were and how frequently was the fainting happening at this point? And when it happened, like, where were you? What were sort of the circumstances around when it would happen? At the peak of it, I was about 30 years old. And with young children, we'd like, I'd be taking them to all sorts of different events and sort of things. And one day we went to a water park and I remember standing in line for the queue to get, get the girls some lunch. And just all of a sudden, bam, lights went out. Down I went, smacked my head on the concrete, knocked myself out for 24 hours, ended up in hospital, had no memory of those 24 hours other than when I was in hospital, the hospital staff trying to hold me down because they wanted to give me a lumbar puncture. And that's the only memory I have of feeling like, oh, why am I being held down? Why am I being, you know, what is going on here? And that whole 24 hours, that was my only memory. Oh my goodness. That must've been so scary. Yeah. Yeah. And that happened quite regularly. I was quite often smacking my head on the ground. I remember I had, um, I was starting a new job and very first day I was on the bus on the, on the way to go to work, fainted on the bus, smacked my head open, blood pouring down the bus. And I was just like, okay, this isn't a good impression for my first day of work. <laughs> I was ringing them up and say, sorry, I'm in the hospital. I can't come to work today. <laughs> Not a great start. No. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, so quite a few times my poor head's been smacked. Oh, wow. So how did you find medical medium? Well, fortunately, we ended up moving house. Now, I know that doesn't sound like an obvious link to how would you find medical medium, but because we moved house, I had to find a new doctor, someone more local, and ended up seeing this wonderful doctor very close to where we're living now. And initially, like, she worked with me to try and 
you know, work on my anxiety with conventional medicine and all those sort of things. And eventually I got to the point where I was sitting in her office crying, absolutely distraught, telling her I can't live anymore like this. I'm done. I can't do it. Okay, we've tried all the conventional medicine. We've tried all the psychologists. We've tried all the psychiatrists. They're not working for you. Are you ready to try something a little different? And then she pulled out Life-Changing Foods by Anthony William. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> I'll try anything. Straight after the doctor's appointment, I was went straight to the bookstore. So did she explain to you who Anthony was, this whole medical medium thing? Like, what was that conversation like? No, she didn't really go into it. She just basically showed me the book, said, look, this is all about, you know, how we can heal ourselves with food, using food as medicine. And that's basically all she told me. The rest I learned and discovered as I went along. Fantastic. um, Yeah. So, yeah, after that appointment, I went straight to the bookstore, had a look, ended up ordering the book online because the bookstore didn't have them in stock. And as soon as I heard about him, I started researching on his website, looking into it. And What year was this? 2017, November 2017, yeah. And so once you got the book, talk to me a little bit about what some of the first changes you made were. So initially, like I first started with the no foods. So I tried to pull all of the, like as many of those out as I can um, and started with the celery juice. So I didn't have a juicer. I had nothing like that. So I was just using my blender and the nut milk bag and squeezing it out. And I just could not handle the taste of it right at the start. <laughs> I, I was one of those people who complained and whinged and whined about, you know, this is terrible. I can't drink this. How am I supposed to drink this? And I was literally, literally taking a sip at a time. You know, now I drink 64 ounces a day. So, and that's so good for people to know because I know the first few times I had it too. It's such a different taste, right? Yeah. Which comes across as being really strange. I don't know. It probably took me a couple of weeks before I was like, you know, the taste of this is actually sort of good. I don't know how long yeah. it took you. I don't know, but I enjoy it now. I actually enjoy drinking it now. Perfect. And so, yeah. when you decided to start taking the troublemaker foods out, was that hard for you to do? I guess I had a lot of motivation for this to work so you know and while yeah absolutely it was hard but I was determined that this had to work it had to Um, this was my only hope basically I had to make it work and I was willing to do anything for it to work what was Um, the hardest one to take out bread cheese they're my two (laughs) bread and cheese yeah yep they were the hardest. And so how did you get over that hump to take them out? What were some of the tricks you used to do it? I would try and substitute them with healthier options, like try and find recipes that didn't use yeast in their bread or didn't use gluten flour or, you know, those sort of things. So I tried to investigate other ways around it. And I'd looked at a lot of like vegan cheese recipes and things that were healthier options compared to the like the normal bread and cheese. I had to transition myself that way. Perfect. How long did that transition take? Oh, a long time. Yeah, it, it's not a quick process. You know, it's, you'll you'll go through 
and you'll think, oh, good, I'm over that craving now. You know, I've done with that. Then back it comes again and you think like you see somebody eating a sandwich and, you know, you think, oh, I could go for one of those right now. But, you know, it's all part of the journey. Mm, Absolutely. And so how long did it take, do you think? Probably a good year, I reckon, to get rid of those cravings. Yeah, I reckon it was about a year. Yeah. So when you started on day one, did you try to just cut everything out initially or did you ease yourself into it? So I probably did ease myself into it um, because particularly because, because I started in November and then we had Christmas coming up. So it was really difficult in that holiday season to try and like completely cut everything out. When you, you're going to parties, going to social events, obviously Christmas Day, you've you got no chance of trying to, you know, eliminate all no foods on there. So it was gradual because of that season, gradual coming off of the no foods. But after Christmas and when January hit, that's when I decided, no, they're gone. And that's when I just said no and stopped them. And I think that's a good lesson for others. I had found medical medium essentially six years ago this weekend. We're taping this in November and we've just had American Thanksgiving here. And I found him the weekend after American Thanksgiving, same as you. Yeah, It's the holiday season. There's parties, there's all these food centered things. And my decision was that I was not going to start yet. I was going to start at New Year's because yeah. I couldn't even fathom how I was going to do this and if I would be able to. And then I dove in head first, which was way too much because I hadn't even tried to cut anything out yet. And that was just too much. So I love the fact that you eased yourself into it and that that went easier. Yeah. How long was it before you started seeing a difference in your symptoms, like your anxiety or the fainting? So the first four or five months on medical medium, I didn't notice any differences, nothing. It didn't get worse, but I saw no improvement. Was that frustrating? Um, I kept questioning, am I doing this right? You know, am I missing something? Is there something I'm not doing? But for some reason, I just knew that it was just going to be a matter of time. I just had to just keep doing it, just keep going. And I knew I was going to get there. And it was like that. It was basically, it felt like a a switch flicked when I first started seeing improvements. It was like, snap, the switch has flicked. And then I started to see gradual improvements. What was it that you noticed when that happened? I guess it was mostly that morning routine that I was talking to you about before. That became easier. I found I wasn't struggling so much. You know, I wasn't waking up every morning with those thoughts, with those symptoms. They were starting to ease, starting to um, dissipate for me. And then I found I was able to start doing things that I hadn't been able to do before. Like what? I actually started to develop agoraphobia where I couldn't even go out of the house without worrying I was going to have a panic attack. So that went away quite quickly for me. I found I was able to actually go out, go shopping, do things that I haven't been able to do. And it was just amazing, Kirsten, just just to see those little things start to improve. Well, and they're not so little, right? Like that ends up being such a big deal. Once it started getting better, how rapidly did it get a lot better? So after the four months where I saw no improvements, 
it was probably two months after that that I felt I was ready to have a chat to my doctor to see whether or not I could start coming off my medication. Thankfully, you know, at that time it was we were coming up to Easter, so it was just perfect. I had the Easter holiday. I could just, you know, ease myself into coming off these medications and see how I went. And, yeah, with the help of my doctor, I didn't go back on them again. That's amazing. It was amazing, yeah, and I haven't looked back since. The thing that's so incredible, I'm, I, I'm always in awe of people who don't see results in four or five, six months, but they still mm. stay with it. That can feel like sort of a long time, right? I mean, in the grand scheme of the length of our lives, it's not. But to be making all of these changes in your life and keep persisting with it, yeah. knowing that it's going to work, and then all of a sudden having it everything just click into place. And within two months, which really is not that long of a period of time, no. all of a sudden you're able to come off your medications. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. It's so inspiring. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. And so how did things progress from there? So from there, it was very much, you know, still trial and error. You know, I was testing the waters, you know, what, how far can I push this? You know, how, how far like, can I go back to my life and do what I want to do and things like that so there were times when I'd try and do something and the anxiety would come back again but then there were also times where I'd do something and it was no problem at all it was a breeze you know it was absolutely amazing you know and so I would hold on to those moments and remember those moments that it's happened you've done this before you know this you are improving hang in there all these other things are going to improve as well. And they did. And probably by about 10 months doing medical medium, I was starting to feel like, yep, I'm getting there. I'm feeling like my life is coming back now. That's so amazing. And so where did you stand with the fainting spells at that point? I haven't had any since I started medical medium. So they literally stopped as soon as you started? Yep. I have not had one fainting episode since. That's incredible. Yeah. And so according to medical medium and the research that you've done on all of the symptoms you had, what do you think the primary thing was that was causing the fainting? So Anthony explains that chronic fainting is actually a central nervous system issue where the nerves get inflamed by neurotoxins. So for me, I had Epstein-Barr virus and that those neurotoxins were inflaming my nerves and they caused me to keep fainting all the time. Okay. So as soon as you started the protocols and started calming down the Epstein-Barr and probably driving down the inflammation and everything, it just got better? Yeah, it did. I think a lot of it like, was as soon as I took the no foods out, just stopping having that fuel going to the um, Epstein-Barr virus and generating those neurotoxins. I think that had a lot to do with bringing down that inflammation. And so once you started, you just never had one again. Never again. Never again. It's amazing how our bodies respond when we're really giving them the healthy foods that yeah. they want, isn't it? What is my mind? It's absolutely amazing. I had done an interview with a woman over the past, this past summer, Jen Wolf, and she had a daughter who had seizures and she'd been having seizures over the past two and a half years. And as soon as they started her on the protocol and started her on celery juice, they stopped as well. Yeah. And I mean, those yeah. are episodes that are, I don't even know the word I want to use. 
they're so disruptive to normal life. And it's just mind blowing to me, even if I followed this for six years, right? It's mind blowing to me that some of those changes can happen so fast. Yeah. So as you dug deeper on your healing journey, was it just easy sailing or did you have any three steps forward or two steps back like Anthony talks about? Yeah. In the, I guess the first year I found that most of it was very progressive improvements it didn't feel like I was having a lot of steps back. But in the second year, my brother passed away unexpectedly. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And that brought back the anxiety. So I had a bit of a flare on that occasion. And then the Christmas of the second year as well, I had a, quite a big flare in that year. Do you know what, what drove that? I think both times it was stress stress over you know obviously my brother and Christmas time it was you know the hype of the Christmas season and we were having family over and having time away and things like that so I think both times stress triggered it and as Anthony explains to us the adrenaline that can be driven by the stress it's one of the reasons why stress is just so hard on our bodies exactly and it taught me a very big lesson to watch my adrenals So, yeah, that's something I have kept with me since going through those flares is to realize just how important it is that we do look after our adrenals. And what are some of the things you do to support them? Making sure that I eat regularly and eat the adrenal snacks that Anthony recommends. Just monitoring my stress levels, trying to bring in the meditations that he does, the guided meditation he has for us. So I do those twice a day, every day. Oh, that's fantastic. And if you're not familiar with those on the Medical Medium podcast, he has five guided meditations that you can do. I do them all the time too. They're so fantastic, aren't they? They're wonderful. Love them. They put me to sleep every night. I just love, you know, listening to them as I drift off to sleep. That's when I listen to them too. And if you have an iPhone and you want to learn how to listen to them on your iPhone, but have your phone turn off when the meditation is over so that you can just go to sleep. I'll put a link to a post that I did on Instagram about that in the show notes, because that's my favorite way to do them too. I'll just put them on before I go to sleep. Yeah. And the great thing is Anthony was saying that, you know, our subconscious still listens to the meditations as we're sleeping. So we still get all the benefits, even if we're not actually hearing it. So that's amazing. I love that too. And our conscious brains won't get in the way of it either. Yeah, true. Because our conscious brain is just shut down. So it all can just get absorbed right into the subconscious brain. I love that. Yeah, me too. Fantastic. And so how's your health now? Mostly really great. (laughs) I had an unusual episode. When was that? 2019, June 2019, where my husband thought I was having a stroke. I had trouble comprehending what people were saying couldn't speak properly, had troubles like that. So he took me off to the hospital. They ruled out stroke. They ruled out anything like that. But they did do an MRI of my brain where they actually found that I've got a growth cyst in my sinus cavity, which is right behind my eye. So that's what I'm working on now. I have saw an ENT specialist and they said the only way really to deal with this is the surgery, but they were saying that the risk of having the surgery is I could go blind. So, you know, that's not my preference. (laughs) 
I'd rather not have that. That sort of seems like a pretty big risk. Yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, said to the surgeon, are you happy if we can just monitor this? I'm working on healing naturally. And, you know, he's happy to do that. So I'm very grateful that he's given me that opportunity to try and pursue this naturally. So we're monitoring it. And since we've been monitoring it, it hasn't grown at all. So, you know, that's a positive. And I'll just keep working on it until I get it to go away completely. (laughs) I think that's awesome. It is amazing how some of our symptoms will go away so quickly, right? Yeah. And then there are other ones that take longer. I mean, you're four years into this. I'm six years into this. I still have stuff I'm working on, but at least from my point of view, the really hard stuff went away the first year or so. And so now the other stuff, it's like, okay, like I'd like my eyes to get better. That's, that's one of the things that I would like to see an improvement on. That's interesting. You say that because I've done a few rounds of the three, six, nine cleanses. And the last two rounds that I've done, I've noticed my vision gets moments where it just like increases and it's like vision becomes perfectly clear. And I'm just like looking around at everything going, oh my goodness, like I could see that. Look, I can see that. And it's just, it blows my mind. I love seeing all these little, you know, improvements in your health as, you know, your body starts to heal and your body starts to actually, you know, get into that deeper cleansing. It's just amazing. I completely agree with you. I've had a couple of moments like that too. I know that feeling when all of a sudden I'll be trying to read a book without my glasses yeah, and it looks fine. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, it hasn't stayed, but no. what it tells me is it's possible. Exactly right. Yeah. And sort of like the cyst that you have where you're still monitoring it hasn't gotten worse. My eyesight hasn't changed in four years. Amazing. So besides the the cysts that you have, how's your health other than that? Like you were saying before, you know, I've got other things going on, but they don't interrupt my life at all. You know, I've got rosacea. I've noticed a couple of vitiligo spots on my arm. Um, occasionally I get canker sores. And they're nothing that interrupt my life anymore. And they're things that I'm happy just to keep working on. And, you know, they'll, they'll eventually go. I'm confident they will. So... It's just incredible how you can get your life back. To go from being so sick, so terribly sick, to now having freedom, having my life, having, you know, and it's not just the physical side of healing as well, you know, the mental, um, emotional side of healing that comes from doing medical medium. It's just, it's amazing, life-changing, truly is life-changing. Can you talk a little bit about what that mental and spiritual peace looked like for you? Sure. It's very much a feeling now that I have peace within my body. I was in a constant fight or flight, you know, scenario when I was in my anxiety. I never knew the feeling of peace. And now I do. Now I have that peace. And um, on the spiritual side of things, I was raised in an atheist family. I never believed in organized religion. I saw the negative side of it and it put me off religion and put me off spirituality completely. Even when I remember looking at the life-changing foods book after my doctor recommended it and the book that he talks about, you know, the spiritual aspect of food. I couldn't even read those bits. I was, I'll just focus on this. I'll focus on the food side of things. Uh, you know, I'll just worry about that. 
But now, you know, I find myself actually open to the concept of angels, open to the concept that there is a God. And I've opened my heart to that. And that has only happened because of Anthony. And it's a wonderful, it's an amazing thing, that connection, to feel that there is something more than just us here on a rock. That's so beautifully said. I, w- I think I was in a similar place to you from the spiritual slash religious point of view when I came to his work as well. But I felt like once I started to realize that what he was teaching worked, it opened me to the other things he was talking about. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. So what was one of the challenges that you faced along your healing path? I think for me, the biggest hurdle was actually the opinions of other people. You know, having family and friends not understand what you're doing, criticizing the choices that you're making. While I was very, very fortunate, my immediate family were all on board and very supportive of me. You, you have the outlying family who would throw in comments, try to, you know, undermine what you're doing and those sort of things. And that was hard. You're trying to do something to improve your situation and you've got these negative comments being thrown at you, um, not feeling supported. It's very difficult. How did you handle that? I basically just disregarded a lot of what they said. A lot of the comments were, you know, how can you trust in somebody who's, you know, talking to a spirit? And I found that it wasn't until you actually read these books, actually hear the words that he writes, that you just know that's the truth. And until somebody actually has that experience and reads his books and actually understands where he's coming from. And so, you know, I just, I understood that they didn't get it. So it wasn't my problem. It was just they didn't understand. I knew that I was on the right path and that was all that mattered to me. So basically just disregarded what they were saying. Mm -hmm. I know that's something that so many people in our community deal with, and I've dealt with quite a bit of it myself. There are a lot of people who can't get over the spirit in the ear thing. Yeah. But I agree with you. When I first found his information, I thought the whole spirit in the ear thing was a little bizarre. But when I sat down and read that first book, I was like, I don't really care. All of his other information makes so much sense in a way that no doctor had ever explained to me about my health. And therefore, I was willing to as Eileen Chris Bell said in, I think it was episode 50, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for a few minutes and dig into this and see what I really think. That's right. 100%. Beautiful. So if you were talking to somebody who was just starting out on this journey, what advice would you give them? Baby steps. Don't feel like you've got to, I know we all want to heal in two weeks and we want to do absolutely everything that we can get out of the suffering that we're in. But honestly, the best thing that you can do is just take it slow, take baby steps. You know, it's not a race, you know, just you do yourself so many more favors if you just take it slow, take it slow. I think that's such sage advice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's it's much more sustainable if you do take it slow rather than if you jump into it, end up, you know, giving yourself a lot of detox symptoms. 
you're likely to just think, oh, this is all too hard. I can't, you know, I just can't do this. This is too much. Gradually ease yourself into it. You're going to give yourself, you know, a lot better opportunity to sustain the change and actually reach the goal that you're trying to achieve. And of course, this just ends up being a lifestyle. So it's, it's the long haul anyway. Yeah, I'm definitely in this for the life. There's no way I'm going back to my old lifestyle before. And that's what I thought at the start. I thought, I'll just do this. Then I can go back to what I was eating before. Uh-uh. I thought that was going to be what it was too. Yeah. When I bought my juicer, I bought a cheap juicer because I thought I was only going to need it for six months to juice celery yeah. juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on me, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, Danielle, it's been so fun having you on the podcast. I really appreciate you being here. I really enjoyed it, Kirsten. Thank you for having me. And if people want to find you on social media, where can they look? So I'm on Instagram. I'm at Lemon Balm Love. You'll be able to find me there. Perfect. I know I see you pop up on a lot of Anthony's lives all the time. I know you're very (laughs) active on those, which is fantastic. I love his lives. They're amazing. Yes, they absolutely are. And he's been doing all those cooking ones recently, which are so fun. They're so good, aren't they? Oh, the tips he's coming out with. Oh, they're amazing. It's incredible to get some of these tips on food. It's things that I'm like, why didn't you put this in life-changing foods? There's some wonderful (laughs) things in there about, I was watching one of the other day about cutting onions. And he was saying that one of the ends of the onions up by where the roots are is the more, I think it was the sour end and that the other ends, the sweeter end. Yeah. And did you see the one where he was cutting the apple? That blew my mind. It would be a great, you know, thing for school kids, you know, to have an apple snack where he cuts it in his particular way so that the slices don't go brown. You have to check it out. It's, it's amazing. Oh, fantastic. I will find that episode and I will put a link to it in the show notes too. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's so fun to connect with you. It has been so much fun. Thank you for asking me, Kirsten. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode. In the show notes for this episode, which is episode number 65, I've included the link to the Medical Medium Amazon Live where he talks about cutting apples so they don't get brown and his five podcast episodes with the meditations that we talked about and more. Don't forget to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you can see the show notes or you can find them on my website at carefullyhealing.com. I also just wanted to give a big shout out to all of you who recommended the Quest for Healing podcast to a friend this week after my request last week. Thank you so much for your help in spreading this word. I absolutely can see the difference in the download numbers, and I really appreciate it. My goal is to help as many people as I can, and I couldn't do this without you. If you're struggling in your health journey right now and would like some help creating a more effective and streamlined protocol or just getting some of your burning questions answered, you can always book a one-on-one health coaching appointment with me just by going to my website at carefullyhealing.com. And with that, I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me today on the Quest for Healing podcast. These discussions are not intended to provide medical advice, but rather to give you examples of methods and modalities that you may find interesting, informative, or helpful. Please work with your doctor as you undertake your own health journey. Hey, it's Kirsten. 
Before I started out on my health journey, I didn't know how poisonous many of the cleaners I used in my home were. Then when I started trying to clean the toxins out of my body, I started to question if the cleaners I was using were just adding back more. And how does that make sense when we're using toxic chemicals to get things clean? So imagine how excited I was when I found non-toxic, fragrance-free, essential oil-free Branch Basics cleaners. Now I use them for many things around my house, including scrubbing my kitchen and bathroom, cleaning my juicer, and as the laundry detergent for cleaning my clothes. Plus, it's also the soap that I use to wash my fruit because it's also sodium laurel sulfate free. So check out branchbasics.com. Their starter kits make it so easy to get started and you can use my code carefullyhealing, which is all one word, for 15% off your purchase. And because I always want to be upfront with you, this is an affiliate link, so I will earn a small commission if you buy using my code. But I only recommend this product because I love it and use it myself. So if you're ready to start cleaning your home with a healthier cleaner, go to branchbasics.com.